things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? All right. Welcome. Welcome. Let's be honest. Do you constantly glance sideways and compare yourself? Do you drive yourself to measure up and then feel ashamed when you don't? Um, what about those thoughts in your head like, I wish I were tall like her, or if only my kids got along the way her kids do, why does she always seem to have it all together? Women compare themselves constantly on social media, in their neighborhood, at church, at work, even in the school drop-off lane. They glance sideways and ask, how do I measure up? And behind all this comparison is an enemy gaining tactical advantage. Ugh! How do we stay in our own lane? Welcome to Girlfriend It. I'm Patty Wyatt with the Girlfriends today, and we are thrilled to have our guest, Shannon Popkin. Shannon is a writer, speaker, Bible teacher. She loves pointing others to the truth of God's word. She combines her gifts for humor and storytelling with her passion for Jesus. Shannon is also a regular contributor for the Revive Our Hearts, True Women, and Leader Connection blogs. Her articles have been published by Family Fund. Focus on the family and mom sense. She's the author of several books, including Control Girl. Uh, she wrote that right after meeting Debbie. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> she also wrote Lessons on Surrendering Your Burden of Control from Seven Women in the Bible. And uh, now she wrote Comparison Girl. So, Shannon, you are like the it girl. You are activating your it in big, bad ways. Yeah. Uh, thank you for being on the show today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Hey, Hello. Shannon. Hi, how are you? Awesome. Shannon, you're staring at all these squares here of all these all these talking heads. Um, so this is this is a comparison game right here, right? Just <laughs> we to look at everybody's, you know, houses and <laughs> uh, but it, I just have to start out by going, thank you for writing this book and for hearing God's calling on this. What inspired you? And this actually seems like a really silly question because <laughs> I think we all want to talk about this comparison game that that we, you know, have have a tendency to jump into. But what inspired you to write this? Well, you know, I mean it's my own burden, my own struggles, right? That always lead me back to God's word uh, for truth. And so the only thing I have to share with anybody else is what I've first found in God's word. Mm -hmm. So thankful, right? That he gives mm -hmm. us the answers to the struggles that we face. Yes. Yeah, sure. Well, you started out with control girl. Uh, <laughs> you confess to your talk about control girl. I'm interested in this one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, and that is interesting because uh, we are way off topic. But the control girl, I used to think, you know, I'm the baby of six. I am not a control freak in any fashion until you have kids that get older and they don't do exactly as you say. And all of a sudden you realize I'm a control freak. Mm -hmm. But 
what then led you, you went from control girl to comparison girl. Tell us just a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, so for Control Girl, I was studying these women in the Bible, so seven women in, in the Bible, and um, my lesson on Leah and Rachel, uh, they were comparing themselves, right? And so I just was like looking at jealousy and what does the Bible have to say about one person trying to elevate themselves over the other, that was Rachel, and then um, one person feeling so invisible and, and, um, less than in the eyes of the other. And that was Leah. And, um, I just, I, I grappled so much with their stories and what we were to learn about ourselves and God. And, um, it just, I was seeing in myself the, the tendencies to compare. And I just thought, man, I need to know more about this. Um, really to the verses in James, James chapter three, um, says they they so clearly link comparison to satan's agenda for us Mm -hmm. listen i'll read these it says if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts this is not the wisdom that comes down from above but is earthly unspiritual demonic so i mean i just saw these clear ties between jealousy is when i look over at what she has and i want it for myself selfish ambition is when i'm trying to lift myself up and prove that i have more or that i am more and then both of these are tied to what my enemy has in mind for me mm. so i don't want to let him get away with that yeah. <laughs> right, right. When, it, when you hear it that way it it actually kind of gives you just the you shiver when you really truly understand that it isn't the flesh and blood that it really is uh the enemy wanting to destroy and it, that comparison is the thief of joy and we hear that over and over again and yet daily we can find ourselves like that popping in and and with that shannon we want to get down and dirty with you like tell we want to hear your struggles give us your pain um, <laughs> feel it, sister. Did you feel like Let's you weren't measuring up because we look at you and we go okay you're an author and you keep writing all these amazing stuff and you're over here going I- i'm struggling so where are you struggling yeah well you know in in comparison girl i looked at um f- there were five different chapters where i was looking at somebody in the Bible who was comparing themselves and struggling in some way, and then Jesus's response to them. And I identified with every single one of these five areas. So um, comparing my sin with other people's sin. Yeah, I'm like the one who's always looking. I'm a good church girl, and it's so easy for me to look down on people and just, you know, the disgust in my tone or on my face. And then I'm like, ah, I'm doing it again. I'm comparing down, right? Um, Especially right now with COVID and masks and everybody, you know, divided on how we should proceed. So comparing sin and then um, comparing um, my wealth right? Comparing money, what I have versus what you have. I struggle with that. I see how other people are spending their vacations or what they're buying for their houses or, you know, whatever, all those decisions. It's so hard to not compare. And then, um, comparing our external packaging. You know, I'm turning 50 this year. Oh, it's getting harder and harder to not compare, right? Yeah, my wrinkles yeah. and my my body shape is changing and all of those things. Like, oh, I so struggle with that. Um, and then probably one of the most impactful um, lessons for me was, since I am in ministry, was comparing ministries. Mm. So, um, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm an author, but all I want to do is look at some other author and 
what her Amazon ranking is and how God is using her ministry versus mine. And, you know, it's so easy for the enemy to use that against me and distract me. And then, um, and then the last chapter was comparing status. And I think we all, you know, it's that status is not just what I have, but who I am. Mm -hmm. And we all just want to like fall back right back into that trap. So Lots for me to learn. (laughs) Well, it's interesting, Shannon, when you talk about comparing ministries that we forget that other people are in the comparison game. And we were just uh, the girlfriends. We were just talking about that this morning, how uh, I, I feel very focused and this is the lane that God has for me. And uh, I just the more you know who you are then the more you're not comparing who that person is and what they're doing, because you're like, as soon as you let your head go there, it's like, nope, this is where God has me. This is the platform. This is the voice. This is where you are. And yesterday, uh, Sherry had said something about somebody else's podcast, and I had never I I don't really listen to podcasts, and that's one of my goals is to start listening to other podcasts. And so I jumped over onto her uh, podcast, and I saw on her Facebook, you know, she had a half a million, uh, you know, downloads or whatever. And she's she's only been doing it for a year, and I immediately went. Don't like her at all. But it's that that moment of in, in here knowing we're talking about comparison girl and, and here we are, you know, looking at scripture and I'm looking at Joseph and his jealous brothers and all the struggles that he had. And I go there. It's like, OK, God, really doing this for 11 years, over a decade, and she's only doing it for a year and it just boom. It's like, why wouldn't they just go listen to her podcast? Like, why mm-hmm. even have us? wasting our time to come out and it's that you know the holy spirit no this is the platform we have for you just like you're saying shannon this is the book i have you writing there's i always go back to there's a gas station on every corner and depending on the way what lane you're in you're going to go to that gas station and god has these listeners that have this situation or this struggle or even, you know, this joyful experience that they want to hear from this group of women. Mm-hmm. But, but man, you have to give it up and throw it up and take that rot out of your heart and expose yourself for a little while before you get to that, that point. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say too, like, if we approach ministry or whatever we're doing, our workplace, our our roles at home or whatever, if we approach it with our eyes on ourselves, you know, and this me focus that we have, we're always going to slip into either that jealousy or that superiority complex. I mean, this girl who has a half a million followers, I mean, what temptation for her, right, to lift herself up and what temptation for others of us who have, you know, just a fraction of that many followers to feel less than or not inadequate. But, But if I could just flip that on its head, Right. And and remind us what Jesus teaches, which is um, that we are to be the servant of all and to put our, ourselves last. He says that in his kingdom, the last will be first and the first will be last. And um, and so if we can approach other people in the kingdom of God with this, what I call me free mindset, where it's really not about me, like free of all that. Well, then, you know, you just said, like, I um I look 
you know, I want to be completely free of comparison. And I know you started out by saying, I know what I'm called to do. But in order for each of us to know what we're called to do, we have to compare, <laughs> right? We have to, we have to realize like, yeah. oh, I'm not really like her. I'm not like this person who has a half a million followers. And there's a reason. Maybe I have a more, you know, singled out message, or maybe I do better in front of audiences of a hundred people versus 5,000 people. When I speak, maybe I'm more comfortable in this realm. And you know what? We need speakers who will step onto a platform where there are only a hundred people. And we need speakers who will step onto the platform in front of 5,000. Jesus was always telling these stories where he was almost like inviting us to compare ourselves Mm-hmm. Right in the story. So like yeah. think of the the parable of the talents where he gives one guy one and then another two and another five. If Jesus's message was, well, just don't compare yourself. I think he would have given them all like three. <laughs> right. Yeah. But instead, and, and the, the beautiful thing about that parable is the the one with one buries it. And we know he's the bad example. But the guy with two doubles it. The guy with five doubles it, and both of them get to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like this message in the kingdom of God. It doesn't really matter how much you produce, and it's not about measuring really in any way. It's all about just taking what we've been given as individuals, and it might be than somebody else. And we may have less capacity, but our goal is just to pour out what we've been given and serve the master and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Shannon, you are adorable. Like, seriously, I feel like I need to give up my seat at Girlfriend It because (laughs) I could just listen to you all day long. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. The fact that Debbie's willing to give her seat up makes us excited because we take so much flack from her. And I don't think you would mock us as much as Debbie does. I'm sure she would. Look how sweet she is. But also, Shannon, what you were saying about the things you struggle with, um, just knowing the five of us, um, you hit on every single one that I deal with all of them also. And I know if I do and the rest of us do, every woman out there we know is dealing with this. And that is Satan's joy, because if he can take the woman down, the, the mom the daughter, you know, the girlfriend, if he can take us down, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's won and we're not going to let him have this victory. Well, and think about how um, absorbed we get in these issues of comparison. You know, if it, the feelings of worthlessness as a mom or, you know, as a grandma or whatever stage we're in, like we, we can, the, you're exactly right. Our enemy can take us down and completely distract us from the good work that God has prepared in advance for us to do and all that we have to contribute to our families and in the workplace and in our communities. Like he wants us to be just so withdrawing from each other, right? And um, and just feeling worthless or the, the bondage of pride. I mean, have you ever known anybody who just thinks she's better than everybody else? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Debbie. That's me and Debbie. Oh, <laughs> That's how it is then. Sherry okay. came to mind, Shannon. I'm just saying. <laughs> I love it. You, y'all are a safe place to compare yourselves, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've got more ugliness in here than you can imagine. <laughs> 
But, you know, you're saying also what, um, you know, Satan wants us to um, remove ourselves from each other. Look at the situation we're in right now. You know Satan is having a heyday and think that he's on the road to victory because of what we're going through right now. And I can't wait to get to the end and go, oh, sorry. Yeah, you were wrong. You were wrong. (laughs) Right. Yeah, he just lives out this delusion that he is somehow God's rival. And he, you know, if we think that the church is where Satan stops, like the door of the church is where, you know, his boundary line. Um, no, that's where he does his best work. And so look at how he's trying to infiltrate and divide us by getting us to compare down. I mean, I don't know what your churches look like, but we took a survey at our church and we could not be more diverse on how we are um, facing this, this conflict that we're going through. And, and so it, for us to fight for this unity, we have got to put um, Satan's ideas of superiority and inferiority, and um, we've got to we've got to put those aside and fight for this unity that God wants us to have. Yeah. Well, Shannon, in your book, you talk about, uh, and I love the way you you describe. You you are so good with your words. Just that streak of lightning that Satan fell from heaven in Luke ten, and you you share that that. He, he is not here with new meekness. He's a liar and the truth has no place in him. So he, he lives out this delusion. And just like you're saying right now in our world, it, you know, we, we are all pointing the fingers and it can be very delusional where you're like, wait, what did you just say? And, yeah. and now we're even more into that attacking and comparing and, and he is out to hurt and destroy, uh, Tell us a little bit uh, about that and that cosmic battle that's playing out. Yeah, so, you know, in many of our our churches or our homes or our neighborhoods, there are women marching around like little mini imperialists, you know, like demanding their rights and demanding their ways, you know. The name Karen might come to mind, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and and when we start acting like we're a little imperialist, you know, demanding our way and our rights, and that's when we start resembling our enemy, right? Because mm-hmm. isn't that his? You know, we don't really have this really detailed backstory of Satan. I think it's sort of like God doesn't want us to focus on that. In the way I don't tell my kids like mm-hmm. detailed stories about old boyfriends. You know, I just tell them the detailed stories about their daddy and because um, I don't want them focused on that. And God doesn't want us focused on the jealous rival for Jesus and the bride. And so but but when we piece together the story, we kind of see that um, Satan had position in, in heaven, but it wasn't enough for him. He it says that he wanted his throne lifted higher than God. So like, oh. I mean, the audacity of a created being to think that he could have a throne higher than God. And, and that's, you know, his pride in that was not tolerated for a moment. Like, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, Jesus said Satan fell like a streak of lightning. And, and here he is on our world, living out this delusion that he is God's rival mm-hmm. and trying to lure us into his mindset. So when we like march around like Satan, demanding that we have the higher throne, that we are lifted up, mm-hmm. even that we're rivals of God, I mean, that's that's ugly pride, and that is not tolerated in the kingdom of God. Whereas Jesus shows us this beautiful example where he did not 
step onto our planet with this um, mindset of having to prove that he was the greatest or that, you know, he was even equal with God. Philippians 2 says that um, Jesus did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he humbled himself. He emptied himself out and became a servant. And, And he says, follow me, you know, live like he did. And how did Jesus live? He lived humbling himself, lifting others up, putting others um, first, even to the point of death. And, and that's what he calls us to. So who are we going to follow? Who's, who are we going to emulate? The one whose image we were created in, you know, Jesus, our God, or Satan, the rival, mm-hmm. the presumed rival of God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, you said a couple of things there, Shannon, that just made me think of, and, and, I, I hope this doesn't come across judgmental because sometimes I can do that with my tone. Uh, watch out, Shannon. Watch out. Here it comes. Yeah, here it comes. Break his hat. I know. Back off. Back off. <laughs> uh, as, as women in our age group, highly mature, right? Yeah. Uh, that if we were truly lifting each other up and, and knowing who we are in Christ, what does that look like for the next generation? Because I, I feel strongly about mentoring the next group be, because of what's taking place and how much they're being attacked. And I want you to just even explain a little bit about, you know, the measuring cup, because when I saw the, the cover of your of your book, I thought about that. I thought of pouring into that next generation. And the reason why I say it's judgmental, because I'm saying, I feel like there are a lot of women that were so big on where we're shopping, what we're doing, how we're looking, what's our status, what's, what's our image that our own daughters, and I'm not saying specifically our daughters, I'm saying God's kingdom, our, our daughters here, like, what are we positioning them for? How do they see us? And I just had a friend the other day, she goes, you know, I, I can think back of when her own daughter was about 12 years old and she, she's a newscast uh, woman. So she, uh, a lot is on her image. And she goes, I literally asked my daughter, is my butt as big as hers? She's like, I look back on that. And I think, are you insane? You just asked your little 12 year old girl, does my butt look Wait, big? Is that wrong? Am I not supposed to do that? I, just, I thought it was okay. <laughs> well, I can I can top that because when my daughter was like two years old, she's sitting in the grocery cart, and she said, um, so that all the other shoppers could hear, we were in line at the checkout, and she says, "Mommy, is my butt big like your butt is big?" <laughs> so obviously, I've been complaining about a big butt in front of my two-year-old, and she's already caught it. So, <laughs> yes, that's so. that's what I mean, and and I'm I'm preaching to myself, you know, right. I right. I I. We all have those stories and it's like, what are we creating? What are we in this next generation? What are we pouring into them? And I, I love your analogy of, of living by the lines versus living by the spout. So can you explain that analogy? Yeah. First, let me comment though on this culture that we're creating. I mean, we are all contributing to this measure up culture, aren't we? Like by when I obsessed over over my gray hair and my lines and my changing body shape, what is my daughter receiving from that? You know, is she finding the freedom to age gracefully or is she inhaling this pressure of like, oh no, <laughs> right? I can't lose whatever I, you know, what is, what is she learning from me? And then my spiritual daughters as well. You know, 
if we are so invested in measuring up in the eyes of the world, that takes a lot of work, right? It takes a lot of effort to look good. Yeah. <laughs> Over 50, especially, yeah. right? And, and I mean, we've got to be on a constant diet. We got to be constantly working out. And we really, you know, there's a lot of um, self-absorbed women who are trying to maintain themselves at work, you know, whether, whether it's like just the, I'm finding like even the mental capacity, like I can't do as much as I used to do. I need more sleep. I need more, you know, just rest time. So what am I driving for? What am I after? And um, if my goal is to empty my life out, and to pour out whatever I've been given, um, I can't do both. I, I, you know, they're kind of in competition with each other. And so, am I going? The the measuring cup analogy is like, you know, you what Satan wants is for us to take our measuring cup and hold it next to somebody else's and be always be looking at the lines. Like, how do I compare? How does my butt look next to her butt? Like in a photo, you know? And, and it's always about comparing and measuring myself. But Jesus mm-hmm. invites us always to turn our attention to the spout on the measuring cup mm-hmm. and ask, what do I have to give? How can I serve here? Because that's what Jesus did. He emptied himself. He poured out what he had. And, and here's the thing. If you think of that, you know, picture that glass Pyrex measuring cup tipped to one side, then suddenly like the, the lines, they don't, they're irrelevant. They don't matter anymore. So when we go to pour, our, our eyes are focused on the spout. We're focused on what do I have to give here? How can I serve? And our eyes are no longer on the lines asking, how do I measure up? So if you want to be free, if you want to be a woman who um, pours yourself into this next generation, well, you can't do both. You can't mm-hmm. be living to measure up and, and be focused on the lines mm-hmm. and focused on pouring yourself out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, do you guys know anyone who just inspires you because she's not worried about how her, how she's aging? Like she's just, that's just not top of her mind. And maybe she doesn't look as good as she did two years ago. And yet she's becoming more and more beautiful in the ways that she serves the world and her family and the oh, church. Shannon, thank you. That was really <laughs> yeah. I, I was just going to say they're all. Who are you going to name her? That's so we're, yeah. We're all. But that's. That's who I want to be. Like, that's so who I want to be. I want to be free to live that way. I want to be free of this measure up. And I mean, I can go either way on any given day. So I got to choose day by day, moment by moment. What am I living for? So So it's interesting, Shannon, because, sorry, Sherry, were you jumping in? Well, I love that illustration of the spout because it's only in truly giving yourself away and serving others that you really find joy. That that really is the true source of joy by by giving what you have away and by serving. So I just love that that image, that illustration of tipping the measuring cup over and pouring yourself out. Yeah. yeah. Right. And the more that we pour, the more he fills us. Right? Yeah. Like he you know, um, our God is attracted to weakness. And so when we make ourselves small, when we pour ourselves out, he uh, comes to join us and to fill us with his spirit. Mm. And it's probably the only true time that we aren't thinking about ourselves. Like it forces you to 
not think about yourself. And other than that, we probably are subconsciously thinking about ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Tim Keller says that gospel humility is not thinking more of myself or less of myself. It's just thinking of myself less. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, yes. That's, that. that's in his book, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. There is such freedom and just mm-hmm. not thinking about myself all the time. Right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love that. Okay, Shannon, we only have 30 seconds here, and uh, I love what you're saying. Other people's successes aren't a measuring stick for your own successes, and tame the tendency to compare if you want that long-term success and happiness. Pour into others. Uh, Stay in your own lane. Celebrate others. Be grateful. And we we just want to, first of all, thank you for being on our show. Go out there, run, and grab that, that book of uh, The Comparison Girl, Lessons from Jesus, Me Free, Living in a Magnificent World. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Preparing your lunch at home and bringing it to school or work is usually a much healthier alternative than going out or ordering hot lunch. Weight Watchers offers some pointers to make preparing lunches a more pleasant experience and not a chore. Prep your foods on the weekends by cutting up veggies and putting them in Ziploc bags in the fridge. Multitask during meal preparation when making dinner at night Prepare lunches for tomorrow at the same time and keep them in the refrigerator until morning. Have the kids help you put the lunches together. They can assist you and the job will be smoother. Make healthy lunches at home a priority and assure that you and your children are eating healthy, low-calorie meals. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. This is Patty Wyatt, host of Girlfriend It with the Girlfriends. And let's be honest, we might have a pandemic going on, but playing the comparison game right now is an epidemic. Uh, We just were talking with Shannon, our guest, on those thoughts. Do you have those thoughts in your head? Like, I wish I were tall like her, hair like her. If only my kids got along the way her kids do. Why does she always seem to have it all together? Women compare themselves constantly on social media, in their neighborhood, at church, at work, even in the school drop-off lane. And we are looking sideways going, how do I measure up? Well, we just went on a quick commercial break and we are back. Welcome to Girlfriend It once again. And uh, Sherry was just talking about comparing her life to Debbie all day long. Yeah, Debbie's taller than me. You know, her her hair is blonder. She's funnier. I'm so tired of comparing myself to Debbie. It's it's a struggle. I'm sorry, Sherry. I but I I just don't want to keep this bottled up. I want the world to see it and enjoy it. Okay, and so- I just say the one thing that um, Shannon said that I have been struggling with for a few years now is the my sin is uh, different than your sin. 
you know, that um, we go into church and we become church ladies and we judge and we judge about everything as we sit on our own, you know, perfect little high horse. And so I just, I, that was, to me, that was just encouraging that, um, you know, the Bible says a sin is a sin is a sin. And it said that one time when we were at my house, we were all sitting around the table and you said, uh, you made a comment about I'm sinning more now as a believer than I ever have. And Robin, (laughs) do you remember you were like, hello, welcome. We're, we're all there right along. (laughs) with yeah. you like our sin is sin you can't say oh i'm sinning more and more now but we have a tendency depending on what's going on that okay are people judging me are they am i comparing myself to them so that that is funny and i'll i'll never forget when you said that it was funny well and it, it's god's faithful work in us like opening our eyes to our sin and so that's really a beautiful thing to be able to say that you're seeing it more because he's opening your eyes and you're hearing it and accepting it and wanting that change in your life. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's the Christian journey, right? Yeah. And I I thought it was interesting when she talked about uh, how, how Satan wants us to be so self-absorbed and how, you know, you don't, you don't always want to put the focus obviously on the enemy, but I think it's interesting because I just heard recently because we're in this time of everyone is on zoom and we're all staring at ourselves all day long. And, uh, this one, it was a guy that said, because he's on zoom all day, he's noticing his chin and his neck, and he actually went in to a plastic surgeon, and the plastic surgeon said he's quadrupled with men because they're staring at themselves and they're seeing, oh, this is bad. And oh, I, interesting. I thought, I can't imagine that men are even thinking that, but oh. it, it's it's magnified, right? Like, how did that even come up? Oh, okay, we'll see how well you're doing and how well you're aging. Stare at yourself eight hours all day long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love how Shannon was so honest about that, you know, getting approaching 50 and addressing what is right in front of us that we all deal with, I'm sure, on a daily basis of the wrinkles, the body changing, the image and the thoughts. I, I really appreciated her vulnerability with that. Yeah. Have you guys ever, like you look in the mirror, because you're only seeing yourself maybe in great lighting or something, and you go, I'm not doing so bad. Like you compare yourself with with your friends, and then you'll catch yourself in the car mirror where the sun's coming in and magnifying all those wrinkles, and you go, no, no, no. Turn off that mirror, and we only look at the best lighting, right? What about when you're getting ready to take a picture of something, but it's flipped to you, and all you see is from your chin up, and it is the worst picture ever, and I go, no, no, flip. Why do we, though, the older we get? Um, You know, we're trying to find our glory days again, and um, you know, I, I, I do feel like the women that age just gracefully and um, not that there's anything wrong with plastic surgery. I just can't afford it. But, you know, for all the people that do that, there's also something to be said for just aging gracefully and just, you know, living your best life where you're at. Yeah. And, and it is hard. And I, I do, 
when when she was talking, it it, uh, it brought back um, a story of I. I was leaving, coming out of the ministry world, and I didn't really know where God was placing me. And I I had a situation where I was able to go to this train the trainer. And I had gone to to several like seminars, workshops, conferences. And I I was just like, okay, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. Why are you putting me back in the corporate world? I I really like, you know, being in ministry into the church realm. But for whatever reason, I knew this was of God. I was going in this uh, direction. And there was one time it had, this had a huge impact on me. It was an entire week of fastidious, painstaking, nefarious, Evil. I was saying those words for Debbie. I was waiting for you to. <laughs> I was trying to spell it in my head. <laughs> but it was awesome. And I was I was literally in the fetal position in my hotel at night. Like I I was begging God um, to show up. And you know that when you're begging Him to be your your private personal genie and wave the magic wand and come in right in on this magic carpet and take me away. But the humility, if I if I go back home and say I, I didn't make it because it was a pass or fail thing, it was you were getting certified and coaching and all of this stuff, it was like, okay, I've got to stick it out, right? And when I was there, the the group that I was with, I couldn't help but compare myself. It was a former CEO of IBM. There was a professor from Penn State who had owned some franchises. There was a doctor who had decided to do a change of careers. And then me, you know, the one who didn't get into Harvard, right? right, right. So, Harvard. Harvard. Don't forget Harvard. Yeah. Don't Harvard. You didn't get in. <laughs> I was feeling highly inadequate. And we were we had to present, coach, create, and receive critical, brutal feedback on the spot, spot, all while being videoed. So you had to then go home, back to the hotel, I mean, and then watch the video of where you were critiqued so you could change it by the next next day. And they were counting your ums, they were fast forwarding your gestures. If your gestures were all in the, you know, it, it was it was just horrible. It was this comparison game on steroids. And as I was begging to God, I sensed him whispering, every minute you are spending comparing yourself to these other people on how inadequate you are, it's one less minute that you could be working on your presentation. And why are you here? Like, why are you doing this? Keep your keep your eyes on your own paper, which is really tricky, right? But I'll never forget that because I I changed. It was that rethinking your thinking and training your brain to go, you know what? I, I'm going to show up tomorrow. I'm going to shine. I'm going to blow the socks off them. God designed me this way. I have the experience. I have a quirky sense of humor to use it well. And even though you butcher the English language, it's all good. Tell your stories, make them laugh, focus on what you're good at rather than comparing yourself. I was comparing myself to them being intellectual. And I was so far from, from that. And I said that and I got straight faces out of you. That's when you go, no. <laughs> no, Patty. You no, Patty, you're as intelligent as they are. You are. Harvard doesn't know what they're missing out on. But Patty, also when you said that, I thought apples to oranges and we do that all the time. Yeah. I will compare myself to a five foot eight born skinny woman with large, you know, 
everything. <laughs> and, and she's got all of her largeness in the places that I should have them, and she doesn't have it where I do. And so I compare myself to her, but that is so stupid. It's apples and oranges. I was not born a, you know, a tall, skinny little girl. I, I have a different background. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I do mean back. David got David got back. Well, yeah, yeah. sometimes it happens. You don't even mean for it to happen. Now you'll walk into a room and you're like, oh, wow, look at her legs. Oh, gosh, her skin is yeah. way prettier. Oh, man, her hair is longer and thicker. And and she and she is smarter. And, oh, my gosh, like she owns a company and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and you don't, I don't even mean to, but it yeah. just starts. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh. And then you'll leave like the gathering and then you'll replay that over and over in your mind. Like, oh, wow, did I say that? Oh, that was stupid. Oh, she wouldn't say that. Or then I'll go from that to like my kids there was a period of time like I was so hoping my kids would want to be in their church programs and and sing the songs and and be in the yeah. plays and my boys could care less they never wanted to do that but I would see the other boys and other children be involved in the programs and go oh why can't my want to do that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And and that that's what our our focus is 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 like that consumption. You know, last week we were talking. Uh, Christette threw out Philippians for uh, eight through nine or whatever, and I said, um, yeah, being being grateful for all things. And Robin then was uh, chastising you. She was correcting you. She was like <laughs> scrambling through her scripture. Scripture, you could hear it in the background, and and I love that because it's like, no, Patty, that's First Thessalonians. But going back to that, like. What are we consuming? What what are we feeling our 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 heart with? Because we need to stop there. Because I don't even think I realize, like you're saying, Sherry, how much you're comparing. You're just always looking. And and like Shannon said, you have to compare a little bit to go. All right, which lane do I get into mm-hmm. with my strengths? So what what have you guys found? What helps you? in stopping that comparison so we can consume and and obviously filling you know ourselves with scripture filling ourselves with God's word mm-hmm. but then we have to do the action we can't just read all of God's word and then sometimes that gets spewed out where you know have you ever been with someone everything you say they have a verse that they're going to counterattack you with. Like, exactly. Oh, no, honey, darling, sweetie. Yeah. You can't think that because Romans 8.28 says, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know what? I'm not I'm not in there right now. I want to be in this space right mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are some other things of how we can stay in our own lane and know who we are? Because that that is what Girlfriended is all about. Mm-hmm. Finding that it, you know, having that it be captivating to move forward and pouring it out into uh, into everybody else, especially mm-hmm. the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Well, I went through this period of time, maybe when I was early married, that it it seemed like I was meeting a bunch of people. Now you're you're gonna laugh so hard, but they um they were all spiritual giants. I'm like, guy, I I want to be a spiritual giant too. Um, wow, how how do they get there? And so I noticed that they were all taking these Bible studies at church called Bible Study Fellowship, BSF, and they and they all went to it, and it was super serious and very, very rigid instruction. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to that, too, because that's where all the very spiritual people go, and I'm going to really get really, really deep. I want to be deeper. So I went to the first meeting 
And and it was they were they were the very serious and very you know gosh they were so sober and then we went to like a small group and we broke up into this circle and there were so many rules and you couldn't talk unless like you had done your homework and then I mean I mean I had all kinds of funny quips I wanted to say but oh <laughs> you could not say them and they were very structured and very serious and I'm like. Wow, you know, um, I I don't think this is for me. <laughs> yeah, and so I went through a period of time thinking, you know, I've got like this personality that likes to just really cut up and have fun, and I had to really process that with um, a mentor, a uh, friend of mine, for about a year and go through that. And I said, you know, I, I've got like this wackadoodle like sense of humor, but it's not really measuring up with like the really spiritually people I know. And so yeah. what do I do with that? And so she was so good in saying, you know what? She affirmed me. That's, that's who you are. And just because that doesn't fit into the mold that you're seeing, that's how God made you. So maybe yeah. there's a different place for you. Maybe the circus. I, I don't know, but yeah. um, <laughs> Jimmy, I, that is so, that is so, so True, because as a Christian, I want to say every day, hey, I'm a little out there. I'm super rough around the edges, but I love Jesus. And I I might not, my words might not always be proper. And uh, the church ladies probably look down on everything I do. But you know what? This is who I am. And this is who God made me to be. And I I'm working on all of those things, but I'm a, such a work in progress. It's ridiculous. And I think that's why God brought us together, excluding Christette and Robin, because we could probably put them on a higher level of totally, uh, at least yes. Like you know, so funny. but well, you know what um, comes to mind that has helped me because um, you know Sherry and I are the mothers of three boys, and uh, we didn't get a girl, <laughs> so and God knew we didn't need a girl. We needed to raise three boys, and I will tell you, it was really hard to um, accept that for a while Mm -hmm. now. And I mean, I love my boys and it's not that at all, but it's that mother daughter, you know, Mm -hmm. scenario and image. Well, so, you know, we get over that and I know I'm speaking for you, Sherry, in that, but, um, and then we get to where our kids are graduating and um, going on to um, college. And now they're supposed to be getting married and having children. And I still have three boys that are unwed and no girlfriends and they each have um, a couple of different issues for another time. But I had to come to the point and realize that God gave me these three boys because I was the best mom for them. And that helped me not comparing and not feel like I was left out or missing out on um, all the other joys that my other friends were experiencing. And I just chose, which is something we have to totally do every day. I chose to not be jealous and envious and enjoy like, you know, Sherry's daughter-in-laws and, you know, and Becky's daughter-in-law, you know, they, I get to be another mom to them. I get to be a friend mom, which sometimes opens other doors that they don't have. And I realized that, wow, I get a special relationship and God blessed me with that. And so it really changes and helps your perspective when you realize, wow, I was created for something different. And that's a great gift. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it keeps going back to when you discover that, 
right? You discover that it of, okay, this is what I am able to do rather than focusing on all those other things. Uh, I It makes me think of um, even this morning we were talking about like our our verse, like, you know, what, what is girlfriend at the mission and Ephesians 320 that you, we have the ability, the capacity to free access to the power of God who created the universe. Come ask, but we don't know what to ask, I guess, if we don't know who we are. And I don't know about you, but I, I feel like we are in a place of urgency right now when I look at our world and I look at the next generations and research shows that generation Z is going to be leapfrogging over the millennials. And I know whenever we stereotype, it's not, that's not a good thing. But yet when you see that with the research, you go, why, like, what are they doing? And if that's the case, then what are we doing that we're pouring into them? So exactly what you said, Krista, so they do know, okay, this is who I am. This is where I need to be. And I can tap into the power of the universe just simply by asking, and he'll do more than we could ever dream or imagine. So how are we speaking truth? How are we getting them to not compare, not be so critical, not be so judgmental? And I, I'm saying even to themselves, because I know that's what we do. We beat ourselves up, just like when I was in that fetal position. You're, you you feel so inadequate, and then we there's no way we can be pouring into others if we're feeling less than and feeling inadequate rather than going, you know what? I was created in God's image. This is what I'm designed to do and go for it. Like, let's be powerful women, women supporting women. Well, I have another verse for you. <laughs> Philippians, and it's in Philippians 4, um, 11 through 12. And it was a, a, a verse that when Sherry and I back in the day, remember we were taking crown ministries and we had to memorize um, scripture and, uh, and this is one that has always spoken to me for I've learned to be content, you know, in whatever circumstances I am in, I know how to get along with humble means. And I also know how to live in prosperity and it goes on um, in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And I emphasize um, learn because that is something that has helped me throughout the years we're always learning. And whenever I'm in the position of contentment, it is so much easier to serve others. It's so much easier to pour into them because I'm not, it's like what Shannon said. It's the, um, what did she use? The me, Oh, me free mindset. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, I'm not on a me mindset. I'm, I'm looking at others, but it's that contentment that we can find mm-hmm. that really helps so much and it helps them to stay, you know, focus off of themselves, but it's a learning process. So you can give yourself a break. You know, we're learning, always learning. Mm -hmm. What Sherry was talking about, about being so spiritual. I had um, the privilege of leading somebody to the Lord in Kansas city because she said to me, Debbie, I can be a Christian like you. (laughs) And can I just tell you that was not a compliment. (laughs) No, but how amazing is that, that God used that me To lead somebody to the Lord that was just so nervous about all the spiritualness out there. And then I come along like a little, you know, rag doll dragging a blanket. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I can be a Christian like you. (laughs) See, 
But you know what, Debbie, that that is powerful. Uh, I, I was connecting when Sherry was telling that story, too, because uh, my roommate and and Robin and, and Sherry, you probably remember Sydney Browning. Uh-huh. We used to go Tuesday night. They would do these Bible studies and our RA would start the Bible study in prayer. And I would, <laughs> we would be looking down and we would, our fingers would start counting how many times she was saying a certain word during the, the prayer. And she'd always say just, and Jesus just, and just, and just, and just. And, you know, we would be at like 13, 14, 15, and we would be howling. I mean, just that where you're, you know, that communion laughter where your shoulders are shaking and, <laughs> We would lay in bed that la- that night and laugh hysterically going, what is wrong with us? Like, this is the time to come to the Lord in prayer and we're giggling and counting and judging and criticizing. And then it would make us laugh even more. Mm-hmm. And that I've always been, I've thought something is wrong with me because I have gone to so many women's events and when it turns into that Jesus talk, mm-hmm. uh, where it's way too, it's like it almost, I call it the Minnie Mouse voice, where it actually turns into where they talk differently. And it's like, well, everybody lean in, let's talk about Jesus. Oh, it's so true. And he's a physician, and he's, and I'm, I'm like, and he is this. And I want to like change the tone. I would think something's wrong with me. Uh huh. And yes. that's okay, because now we know now there we is know something there is. wrong with us. <laughs> <It> truly is. <laughs> There's actually everything wrong with us. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, but this is our lane. And so mm-hmm. we don't have to be that. And that's great because that mm-hmm. over there is bringing people to know him. Mm-hmm. And it's growing them and doing all of that. Yeah. Well, I love that Christette was super vulnerable, vulnerable about hers. And I think this should be confess it time because I um, go first, go, go. (laughs) Well, I will. So what I struggle the most with right now, not previously in my life, because I didn't have this issue, but more than anything right now, I walk into a room and I go, am I the chubbiest girl in the room? Oh gosh. Am I the chubbiest girl in the room? That is, I swear to you, my, where I lay in bed and I go, Oh, I'm so gross. I'm so disgusting. What is wrong with me? And how come I haven't, you know, gotten off the couch and done my 20, you know, minutes of exercise this morning. But that is where I'm struggling right now. It hasn't always been my struggle, but it is a huge struggle. And it is something that I, I find if I don't immediately start praying about it, it will overtake me yeah. like yeah. and take me down. Yeah. So, well, and then you have to think of Debbie, how many people you're this tiny little thing with the darling figure, how many other women that do not have a figure in a shape like you that are going seriously, you know, they're looking at you going, you're judging yourself and it's all relative, right? We were so hard on ourselves where they're over here going, then what do you think of me? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it, that's where it just, it gets so hard, but you're right. When it bec- it becomes a loop and it's all consuming with whatever yeah. Satan just starts throwing in our head, yeah. we feel less than and where we feel inadequate and yeah. how do we, how do we switch the loop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sherry, go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, well, the narrative just you you have to. I think of the verse taking every thought captive in obedience to Christ, and I that's just such a ploy of the enemy that wants because you know that's not from God who's saying that. That's such the enemy who wants to trip trip you up, and uh, you have to like recognize it, grab it, and fight it back and say, No, I'm a child of God. I'm a princess. I'm loved and adored and cherished and chosen. And that is just a negative lie that I'm going to keep going there. Um, so it's it, it's a battle. Yeah. I always think, like, you know, I'm not the smartest cookie in the room. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, Sherry, I think you're so smart. I'm not the smartest, but I, I'm the loudest. My, my, my gift is bringing volume. Volume to <laughs> and, fun. and fun. And fun. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, when you were saying that about, you know, that captivating, uh, I think when when we hear the Holy Spirit, because because like you said, Sherry, that that is not what you're hearing, Debbie, that obviously is not the Holy Spirit. And when we hear the Holy Spirit whispering to us, like writing it down and letting capturing that like write the vision have yeah. a roadmap that's easier for you to stay in your lane and i i know i want to get better at that of ta- taking that when you are hearing uh, god's whisper and i i think of habakkuk too we are just full of scripture today i'll, I'll just tell you we are just throwing it out there I don't know, Robin, is that the right reference? Yeah, Robin, <laughs> right check. Yeah, Robin. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where Patty's going yet. <laughs> I want to see that onion paper just like yeah. flying. Uh, but in Habakkuk, standing at the watch post, like your tower, you are the gatekeeper. And we can't be the gatekeeper for what God has designed us to be if we are hearing those loops, like you're, you're saying, Debbie, and we all do it, right? We hear that, and that's going to take us off the tower and with that i just realized we are like finishing up the show and we just want to thank you all for being on our show today the time has flown by we so appreciate all of you you listeners uh the only person you should try to be better than is who you were yesterday and i i hope that stop on the comparison and uh don't let the enemy gain that tactical advantage and once again, we just thank you. Next week, we are talking about mask it. I hope you join us. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.